you, but I kind of want to see Vlad's Impaler. Welcome to a special spooky episode of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the beginning of October 2020, and we'll be discussing Apocalypse vs. Dracula. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is the dandiest Ozymandias, Patty. Here's your reminder to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Seriously, you should follow us. Come on. We're from Jersey. Everyone loves Jersey. We got bagels and pizza and pizza bagels and diners and Sopranos and Jersey Shore and freaking boardwalks and coffee and Wawa and people who don't use turn signals like this motherfucker. Hey, watch out, you freaking mook. I'm driving here. Oh, yeah, fill her up regular. And speaking of gas, (laughs) there is your succinct but explicit sphincter content warning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what did you think of this series? What? What? <laughs> you just... Oh, we can't just talk about the comics. No, fuck it. You know what? Forget it. This episode, no talking about comics. No all talking right. about comics at all. All right. Well, I've been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance. I can talk about that if you want. <laughs> like, honestly, Azin is way too good for Nicole. Just saying. <laughs> Did you say Azin? Yeah, he's Moroccan. He's really cute. He's like more of a hipster in season five than he was in season four, but he's still really cute. Patty, that's called character progression. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's the whole character arc. Uh, yeah, he turned into a hipster between season four and season five. Yeah, and it's weird because uh, like I, I didn't know anybody had been on like two seasons before. But um, I guess when he was on season four, it was like uh, the before the 90 days that they have. And then in season five, it's going to be about him maybe coming to the U.S. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet, so I don't know. So this is more like 180 day fiance is what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's she's, she's, she's been uh, going to Morocco. I actually Googled after I watched season four, which of the couples were still together. And apparently they are still together. And... She went to visit him in Morocco again in, like, March. And then she got stuck there because he couldn't leave the country. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And nobody was allowed from outside of the U.S., so she ended up being there. She was supposed to be there for, like, a few weeks or something and ended up being there for, like, you know, five months or whatever. (laughs) Nice. Well, I'm, I'm glad that they've gotten along and that they're still together. Otherwise, she would be stranded. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do 90 Day Fiance now. I guess we're just going to have to wait. I, I don't know, but I'm sure you'll keep me updated. Or maybe my grandmother <laughs> will, because my grandmother watches 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> so I, I'm the one here who does not watch 90 Day Fiance. I'm sorry. I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. It's okay. Tiffany wanted you to watch it with me. Yeah, that's not happening. And also, I'm sorry... <laughs> I'm sorry that Nicole is with your Moroccan prince, Patty. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really sorry to hear that. They're they're um, stuck on their on their little their little love islands during the pandemic, and you just you just have to sit home in the suburbs and watch and watch all the love and play out on TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. She my my sister in law actually gave me her login for Amazon and Hulu so I could watch all of this. So that's Don't why say that out loud. They might be listening. <laughs> well, I think you can have like a few people use them. Um, I have like 10 people on my Netflix. It sounds like socialism. <laughs> it's stupid. You know what? Like Funimation and Crunchyroll really need to get onto that where they have like different accounts. Yeah. Because I share them both with somebody sure. and he watches a lot of the same stuff that I do. And then mm. I have no idea what episode I'm on. <laughs> it's very annoying. Those are some problems. Yeah, first world problems. So how you doing, Patty? Is that I'm, it? I'm good. My strawberry dress came in. My knockoff strawberry dress. What's a knockoff strawberry? It's uh, it's not a real strawberry, but it's close enough. People are going to be like, oh, you bought a $500 dress, and I'm going to be like, I absolutely have that money. 
So what you're saying is there are not real strawberries on the dress? It's there a knockoff. No strawberries you, were harmed in making this dress. Right. It would cost you normally $500 to get strawberries uh, embroidered onto a dress to wear as wildlife comes and nibbles on you. <laughs> That's the goal. Jonathan, I saw, I saw a puppy today. Did you? Do you know how perfect that would have been? Patty, you never see puppies. You never, <laughs> ever see any puppies in your life. I can't believe it happened today of all days. What a glorious day. It was a baby Patty. puppy, too. It kept trying to bite my nose. Those are the best kind of puppies. <laughs> it was licking my mask. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's talk about uh, comic books. Yeah. So, all right. So I think at, at least for the past couple of years, uh, we've done generally spooky-ish comics in october uh i know we did quest for magic we did uh necrotia we talked about that one issue of nova where he went trick-or-treating with the x kids i love that one yeah i don't remember what the fuck else we've talked about before that was spooky so yeah we're gonna talk about x-men uh colon apocalypse versus dracula uh this is a four issue miniseries that released in 2006 written by frank thierry and art by clayton henry with covers by Jay Lee. I feel like Thierry is always kind of like hit or miss for me. I feel like I've read some things of his that I loved and some things that were bad. <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you. I know for a fact that I've read other books by him. Um, I could we not tell you. to him and we like bullshitted with him. And I was like, I don't remember off the top of my head what you wrote. Are you thinking of... Uh... Because we saw a panel with yeah. him and Jimmy yeah. Palmiotti yeah. and Amanda Connor. Yes. Uh, so are you sure you're thinking of Frank Thierry? He's a little, he, he's a little, nah, I don't know about that guy. Uh, but Jimmy Palmiotti is the one who told me that I look like a young Sylvester Stallone. And that was amazing. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was the guy that I thought was nice. I don't remember. They were at the same panel. I can't. Yeah, Thierry, Thierry seemed kind of like a a little bit of a of a jerk, but I do feel like he was at the booth with with Palmiani and Amanda Connor. This is like six fucking years ago. I yeah, can't, it was. I can't, I can't remember anything. This. So I don't know. So there were probably things that he's written that that I've liked, and I'm sure there's things that I, I didn't like. Didn't he write a uh, Punisher versus Archie or Punisher in Space? He wrote something stupid with Punisher. Punisher in Space. Yes, he did. He did. I <laughs> I think I read that. Uh, I read at least the first issue because I thought it was ridiculous. But yeah, so before before we get into it, I didn't really know, you know, what to expect. I, I, I thought, you know, okay, it's called Apocalypse versus Dracula. So there's probably going to be a whole bunch of Apocalypse fighting Dracula. Yeah, me too. And it was none of that. It was okay. It was a little bit of that. It was some of that. Uh, but it was not a lot of that. Uh, listen, this this book was not great. It was not great. Uh, I, I always try to find the positives in X-Men books that I read, always. So I, I do genuinely have some good things to say about this, but I would not strongly recommend this to people who haven't read it before. I would say if you are uh, a hardcore Apocalypse fan, and I don't mean current Apocalypse, I mean like you've liked Apocalypse for decades, you know, then definitely read this. Or if you're a completionist. Yeah, if you're a completionist, if you like Frank Thierry. <laughs> so it starts out in 1459, Romania. Uh, so you've got this dude on a on a horse in red. Did you see his his red armor? Because he had this giant, looked like a separate piece of red armor covering his crotch. He wanted to protect his Dracules. <laughs> Dracul bits. Uh, I guess. So yeah, he's got the long black hair. So I just, I just figured that was, that was Dracula. Uh, but then, uh, this, this fucking army shows up. The Riders of the Dark. It's supposed to be Dark Riders, I assume. So there's your little, haha, uh -huh, so that's supposed to be Apocalypse. It's actually in a Megadeth song. What? Um, yeah, okay. So, uh, I forget what the song is called, but it's, talks about like the four horsemen and it's like a pale rider blah 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 red horse with the stands for whatever i forget how the song goes so i was trying to sing it in my head to remember what the red horse meant and it's it is that one is for war 
Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, the white is conquest, red is war, black is for pestilence, and the pale rider of death. Is it is it by any chance the song Mechanics? No. Damn. I thought I was going to make a connection there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know Dave Mustaine was in Metallica, right? Yes. He um he has writing credits on the Metallica song The Four Horsemen because he was still in a band in the band when they wrote that song. And because he has some ownership of that song, he took some of the riffs and put it into the Megadeth song, Mechanics. So that's what I thought you were getting at. I thought you no. were getting at... Yeah, because I thought that would have been super funny. I, I, don't know. I did look it up. It's uh, called uh, Blessed Are the Dead. It's from the United Abominations album, which I knew that part, but not the name of the song. I forgot. It's been a long time since I listened to that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Can you hear Raz barking? Yeah, I can hear Raz barking. Everybody can hear Raz barking right now. <laughs> uh, listeners out there, do you all like when uh, when Raz stops by the podcast when he guests, <laughs> when he guests on the podcast? <laughs> all right, so so these Riders of the Dark, they they come in and they cut down Vlad's army, and then some bigger shadowy guy rides in on his horse and uh, he steps on Vlad, and so so Vlad dies. No step on snake. Wait, what? No step on snake. What does that what does that mean? Is it's, it's making fun of the fucking libertarian flag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they like that. They're a bunch of bootlickers. All I right, know. Anyway. Uh so then so then you cut to Ozymandias, because he's the one telling this story. He's about to wake up the sleepy lips to save mutant kind. Uh but then it jumps back. Uh but now we're in eighteen ninety seven London. And there's a a victim's blood is drained and there's bites on the neck. And what I thought was a little annoying here was that there's this one panel where like you would think because of the positioning, it's like a sort of a close up on the side of the the head and the neck. And you would think that like they'd be showing off the um, the bite marks in the neck, but a dialogue box is covering right where you would see the bite marks. And I thought that that was really awkward to have that panel like that and decide to throw in a dialogue box covering what probably should have been the bite marks. Uh, Maybe I'm being nitpicky, but I thought that that was silly. But apparently this victim also has a hieroglyph on the neck, like an Egyptian hieroglyph, right? Hmm. Yeah. It's all coming together. We know someone from Egypt. The one guy from Egypt. (laughs) Um, yeah. is this the same Ozymandias as a uh, watchman? He has two jobs. Yes. Okay, cool. So he does this and also he does watchman. Yeah. Marvel and DC and Alan Moore all have a contract <laughs> agreeing <laughs> to share Ozymandias. That's what I thought. Because if there's one thing that Alan Moore loves, it's DC's use of the watchman. So why wouldn't he just leap at the opportunity to also give Marvel the Watchmen character. That that makes sense. That's that explains why the giant squids are uh dropped later in this issue. Wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so so then this the, the fucking the cops are there, and then this this guy Jack shows up and they call him Starsmore. They call him Starsmore. There's your clue that he must be related to someone else in Marvel Comics named Starsmore. Must be. Not Ozymandias, Patty. He's not related to Ozymandias Starsmore. He's related to Jonathan Starsmore. Jonathan? Jonathan Starsmore. Jonathan. No, because that's like, you know, that's a name that they're not just going to throw around. It's not very common. It's not like Smith. Oh, Smith? He must be related to Boom Boom. Like, no, it's not like that. This is not a common name. So... Yeah, I figured that he's got to be related to Chamber. You know, when I was a kid and I watched all of those like murder shows uh-huh. on like Core TV and stuff, yeah. um, like Forensic Files and also like Law and Order and shows like that. As kids do. As kids do. You know, like every time they said like John Doe or Jane Doe, I was like, that's a really common name. I've never met anybody with that name. <laughs> I had no idea. Because they never explained it in the show because they didn't expect, you know, four and five-year-olds to watch it. And I guess adults would just figure it out at some point. But I thought it was just, like, a common name. 
yeah. that I had just never heard in real life. Yeah. And then I started wondering if there was anybody actually named Jane Doe and John Doe. I mean, I don't know why anybody would do that to their child, but I would. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know, don't feel bad. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, on the news all the time, they would say this person was uh, held at gunpoint or whatever. And I thought that gunpoint was a place. <laughs> no. And he- so here's the thing. Here's the best part about that. I was 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. And I used to watch Friends when it came out. And that lot, that was used as a joke on the show. Like somebody who was dating Monica or whatever was like, yeah, I always wondered why people were constantly going to gunpoint. Bad things happened there. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, they're joking. But I thought that too. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So kids are dumb, whatever. Oh, and there was another thing too. Anytime they said like for the record, I thought it was like for our local newspaper. Oh, I always thought that they meant for like the album, the press <laughs> album that you put on a record player. <laughs> okay, so we were both stupid. Continue. Um. All right. So yeah. So you got the bite marks. You got this hieroglyph tattoo. Well, let's hit up our local person of Egyptian descent. They visit this guy. Uh, his name is Hamilton Slade. Oh, so he's related to Deathstroke. Deathstroke's first name is Slade. I know. I was making a joke. (laughs) Uh, So they're talking to him. Hamilton Slade starts telling the cops uh, about that hieroglyph. It's a symbol of the clan Akaba, who apparently had a hand in burning down Rome, the French Revolution. And then he starts sexily unbuttoning his shirt. Sexily. He's got a, a big fucking tattoo on his chest. It's that same hieroglyph. And the cops are like, you're coming with us. And he's like, no, I'm going to gnaw on your head instead. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that panel. It's it's made its rounds in the past. It's, it's really fucking weird. It's really funny. Just his head like stretches out and his mouth is big. And he's just like, om nom nom on the one fucking cop's head. Uh, it looks really silly. I mean, the following panel is the head being ripped off. So, yeah, it's a little gross, but but it just that one panel looks really fucking funny. Uh, the panel before he ate this guy's head, he his mouth looks really big. And I was like, this looks really weird. It's like he unhinged his jaw or like, I don't know, but his mouth was drawn too big. And then when they, I saw that panel, I was like, oh, I see. It's supposed to be like, uh, you know, Mr. Fantastic. You know, he's got, a, he, essentially, he's got some of Apocalypse's powers. That's the whole deal with Clan Akaba, because they're descendants of Apocalypse. So the cops shoot at him. It, it does nothing. Both cops are killed. Jack is there. Jack Starsmore is there. And apparently he's he's in on it. He's part of the, the Clan Akaba. He, he is the great-grandfather of Chamber. So yeah, so Chamber is also related to Apocalypse. So how do you like that? Huh. Yeah, mutants are fun. Uh, but then but then Hamilton Slade disappeared after this. And this was really like quick and random. It was just like he went out and he didn't come back. He like he went out for milk and he just like never came back. You know, he, he left the kids behind and that's sad. That's sad. That's not funny. I wanted to make that funny. I just made it sad. That was stupid. <laughs> I'll be right back, honey. I'm going to get some smokes a week later. No, but he just, he di- he disappeared. And so like Clan Akaba met and, you know, because because Hamilton was like their leader. Um, he was the quote unquote fittest of them. And so they needed a new fittest and they needed to aw- awaken Apocalypse because they've been having some trouble lately. Um, these dead bodies turning up with the fucking bite marks of the Clan Akaba. And so they decided to wake an apocalypse. I don't know. Just like everything was really like this issue was okay. Everything was just like, I don't know, moved really kind of fast. I know it's a, a mini series, but some of it was kind of silly. Just like the first couple of pages, like, you know, this is going to be a revenge story. Apocalypse killed Dracula. So Dracula's going to want revenge. Hamilton Slade, just like, like not even trying to be sneaky about anything and just like, spilling the entire plan to the cops and then killing them and then disappearing. Um, and then the clan Akaba deciding to wake an apocalypse. It's just like too many things just happen in just one issue. And it wasn't really like, it didn't feel like there was much tension. 
I didn't feel like too invested in it, to be honest. Um, the art was kind of neat, though. I'll say that. And that goes for pretty much the rest of this miniseries. Not all of it was amazing, but it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it, especially when Apocalypse showed up and started to show off a little bit in action. I mean, I wasn't crazy about the premise. I kept getting distracted by everything. It took me hours to read these four issues. Really? Because <laughs> Yeah, I just wasn't too into them, I guess. Were you just, just getting distracted and playing Among Us instead? <laughs> I was just, you know, like talking to people on Facebook. All right. I'm I'm not good at Among Us. Yeah. I have to am practice. I. Yeah, same. I only got to be the imposter once. I was the imposter my first time, but nobody was talking, so it was stupid. Uh I won as the imposter. I I was so happy. Me too. So happy. I've only been playing I've only played a couple of days now, and I'm not great at it. I'm okay. Um, but but yeah, only the imposter won so far, but I won. Uh, I was so happy. All right, anyway, so so issue two, so fucking Starsmore is at a Chinese opium den. So, all right, we really needed that in a comic <laughs> book in 2006. Thanks, Frank Thierry. Um, but anyway, he's getting high when this dude with a knife comes in and tells him to stop it. So then it, it jumps to the clan of Kaba, and this lady is getting choked and killed by her quote-unquote lord. This is sacrifice and punishment for requesting his aid. And so this was a fucked up sequence of panels, but it was pretty well done. It was it was pretty spooky. You know, he's got like, you know, because he can fucking alter his molecular structure, he had this fucking like tentacle wrapped around her fucking neck, choking her. And then you saw the panel of her like lower half twitching in the air. And then, you know, just still. Side note, women were not treated very well uh, at all in this miniseries but from what i understand about the 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 little i know of frank thierry is he is not very good at writing women or very nice about it so whatever so we find out exactly how long hamilton has been gone it's it's been three days so they assume he's dead and they decide to resurrect apocalypse over it but jack comes in and this guy with a knife that threatened jack comes in with him and Apocalypse recognizes him as Abraham Van Helsing. Oh, that's a name that we know. That is a name that we know. He says that they're facing Dracula. The fucking, the vampire bites uh, the clan of Kaaba. Uh, Dracula's behind all this. And uh, so they're going to go out. They're going to go check on the fucking bodies of the clan of Kaaba at the fucking morgue. Because they're going to go check out the bite marks for themselves. Yeah, the bodies are gone. Gasp. They're gone. What could have happened? Maybe somebody ate them, like the janitor. But, <laughs> did you say maybe somebody ate them, like the janitor? Yeah, you don't know. Maybe the janitor got hungry and he ran out of popcorn or something. Maybe Wolverine ate them. Wolverine eats dead bodies. We talked about that <laughs> not too long ago. Yeah. Just a couple of episodes ago, Wolverine eats, eats dead bodies. No, they're, they're fucking, they've turned. They're vampires now. The fucking what? dead Clan Akaba members, their vampires are chilling on the ceiling, and so and so this was this was great because it was creepy as fuck when you see them on the ceiling. And again, this comes back to how I, I really like some of the art. You know, again, overall, no, it's it's not bad, but I really like some of it. Wait, what? Upside down, bouncing off the ceiling, inside. Out. All right, just need to throw that out there. You're a good singer. Thank you. So, so yeah, so, so they fight. So they're fighting Apocalypse and Helsing and Starsmore. And what, what power do you think Starsmore has? Um, I'm going to guess he makes more stars. That's, that's, that's good. Thank you. That, that's a good guess. What is his power? <laughs> I could see why you would think that because his name is Starsmore. And if you rearrange the letters, in stars more, you get more stars. So th is that what you're getting at? Yeah. I just want to make sure. Okay. No, he can spit fire. He can spit fire. Uh, in like Chamber. But. Yeah, stars more gets lit. That's his code name. His code name is Lit. Lit. Isn't that a lit code name? His code name is Lit. 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 All right, good. Now we've got that out of our systems. Yeah, but this was this was really cool. Like, all right, so so fine. So we could say, like. Why did we need somebody 
related to to Chamber, to also be related to Apocalypse, connecting all this in this story. But it was kind of neat, all right? It, it was. Obviously, Chamber himself wasn't going to fucking show up in this story. Like, whoopsie, I just time-traveled back into the 1800s, and I'm, like, doing an Australian accent when he's British. He's not Australian. Uh, so we needed somebody who was related to Chamber to connect everything. So that's how we get this. So he spits fire, and it's neat, and they fight with the vampires, and it's cool. And then Van Helsing hits them with holy water, and he's about to drive a stake through one of their hearts when Apocalypse does it with his fingers. And that was dope. I love that. He's really good at fingering everyone. Apocalypse is good at fingering everyone. <laughs> so fucking, so great. So so here's our setup. It's like the end of the second issue, uh, just about. We got Apocalypse back. We've got our revenge story. Dracula's trying to get revenge. We don't know exactly what his, his plan is yet, other than just fucking trying to take out the clan of Kaba. He's killing the posse. <laughs> the Apocalypse posse? The Apocalypse. No, that doesn't work. I don't know. The Apocalypse? The yeah, I don't know. The Apocalypse? <laughs> that just sounds like pocket pussy. <laughs> well, that's what the Apocalypse is known for. Their pocket pussy. <laughs> 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 oh man um no but i thought i thought this was cool you've got you know these these characters in this little team up you know i mean apocalypse is is and stars more and helsing you know this is gonna be cool you know you think this is gonna be cool and then hamilton shows up at the akaba house and tells his mom that akaba has a new lord and that it's dracula so wait what so that's a silly twist. Was this Hamilton's plan from the beginning? He just decided to fucking go away for a few days? Was he going after Dracula himself? Was he planning on on betraying Apocalypse from the beginning? Like I, I saw I saw I saw potential at this point. I was ready for like the next issue to just be Apocalypse and Dracula throwing down, and that's not that's not really what happens. I don't know. It's an apocalypse. It's it's in the title, Apocalypse versus Dracula. I shouldn't have expected anything deep and complex. Just this, the story <laughs> seemed just like uh, again, just like a little silly and basic. But I did really like some of the art. I really like some of the action, and this little team up was cool. I, I like this, and I, I I immediately wanted to see more of it. Apocalypse fighting side by side with Helsing along with a fucking Chambers great-grandfather. Fucking sure. Let's do it. Let's kill some fucking vampires, right? Is this Hamilton, the one from the play Hamilton? Oh my god, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think Van Helsing could sing like hell? Does Jack Starsmore spit hot fire? Don't holy diver into the holy water, folks. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Hello there, young man. Care to join me for a drink? Oh, hey, Dracula. A drink, eh? You like this? It's funny because I want to suck your blood. Where is the Dracula laughter? Sorry, Dracula. I'm busy listening to the latest podcast on geekade.com. Here, check it out. Geekade.com? Hmm. Oh, look. There are so many podcasts and articles on geekade.com. Wow. There is even an entire category for horror. That's right. Geekade.com has podcasts and articles about lots of different geeky topics. Whether you like video games, comic books, Transformers, or movies, Geekade.com has got you covered. Wrestling in anime too? Dracula loves the wrestling in the anime. I go absolutely batty for them. Batty! And Geekade even has YouTube and Twitch channels for more geeky fun. Congratulations, you have convinced Dracula to check out Geekade.com. It seems like it won't suck. <sighs> now I am just thirsting for laughter. If you're thirsty, here, try some Monster Energy drink. It's tasty. Oh, you're right. This is tasty. Check out Geekade.com today. You did a really good Dracula impression. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Okay, 
So, issue three opens with Van Helsing wanting you to add garlic to your pasta. No, he wants you to rub garlic on your windows and doors. You know, that would be the worst part about being a vampire, is not being able to eat garlic. (laughs) It's so good. Imagine if you're like an Italian vampire. Patty, that's the worst part. Patty, no more sunshine. You can't go out in the but sun on a nice... Who cares about that? You can go out at night, and that's when the <laughs> nightlife is. That's what everybody wants. Yeah, and you'd have to watch out for people rubbing garlic on their windows to their walls till the garlic drips down your balls. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> skeet, skeet. <laughs> so yeah, so they're getting ready... They're, 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 it looks like they're getting ready for a fight. That's why you've got Helsing taking the garlic and rubbing it around the windows and doors. So fucking vampires can't get in. Uh, they jump back to earlier when the team went back to the Akaba house and saw that it was destroyed and people are dead. And so there is this young man uh, who's in a wheelchair and he's got pink hair and he is Frederick Slade. So obviously he's related to Hamilton. Uh, I did not particularly care for how Apocalypse called him a simpleton. I get the sentiment that Apocalypse would do that because he's all Darwin-y, but yes. you really you really didn't need to do that for somebody who clearly has some undisclosed issues. Uh, Frederick survived. You know, it looks like everybody else in the Akaba house is dead. But then Hamilton bursts in, and he looks like a vampire. And when they want to know what the fuck Hamilton is doing... All he does is tell this short story of this mutiny against a tyrannical leader after finding like a new leader or something, and he attacks Apocalypse. And so that was kind of lame, honestly. I feel like that's such a big a big plot point that was wasted. If this guy was like, you know, our lead into the story about how we make this about Apocalypse, you know, we met him in issue one, and then he's like the the fittest of the clan Akaba who goes and disappears for like a few days. And like, that's all the motivation. Just like they wanted and like, he wanted a new leader. Uh, so I just, I thought like for a big plot point, like more could have been done there. Um, so I was kind of disappointed with that. Uh, but apocalypse shifts his arm into a gun and, uh, he shoots at Hamilton. And I'm wondering if he shoots little pieces of himself inside of Hamilton. That's uh that's hot. Yeah. Right. So uh, Helsing burns Hamilton with a crucifix, Starsmore spits more fire, and then suddenly, blink. Like, that text appears on the page, blink. And I look at that, and I'm like, was that Hamilton's brother, Frederick? Meaning, blink is also related to Apocalypse. Wait, really? What's her name? I don't even remember. Clarice Ferguson. Okay. So it's not the same last name, but I didn't even pick up on that you don't remember okay right so then you you don't remember what happens at the end of the series and and we'll get there we'll get there but there is a direct connection frederick is related to clarice ferguson and they have the same power who blinks who who blinks like that yeah i didn't even pick it up too because he's got pink hair and just green eyes and i was like he looks really weird yeah so i feel stupid also like i know that um the other guy, Hamilton, he he like attacked Frederick and made him disabled. Yeah. And but we didn't really see him before too much. I wonder if he was also able to talk or if he was just mute the whole time because he never said anything. So he was just kind of like standing there and it was weird. That's true. Uh, I thought about that, too. You saw like a panel of him. Uh, what was it? Maybe like fencing or something. He was training. Because he was, Frederick was going to be the fittest, but there was no dialogue in those flashbacks. Yeah. All you got then was Frederick in bed and Hamilton uh, morphed his arm into like this giant hammer. So Frederick wasn't born that way. Um, Hamilton is the one who did it to him. I wonder though, if he meant for Frederick to be disabled or if he was just trying to kill him. Well, it it did say that, that he didn't want him killed. I think it was because 
He wanted because all right, so Hamilton wanted to be the fittest in the clan of Kaba. Yeah. Uh he was jealous of Frederick, like clearly. But he kept Frederick in the clan. He wanted him in the clan to watch like him have all the glory, to like be like the better, more successful brother. That's fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up. It gave a little bit more background to Hamilton, honestly. Because everything was just like super expository. He just You're a suppository. This <laughs> <laughs> is rude as hell. Okay, put me up your butt then. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, good. Uh, that's funny. No, but he just like explained his motivation right in the beginning and then disappeared, right? All of a sudden he comes back and briefly explains that he wanted like a better leader than Apocalypse. So it's not really giving this character any depth. And he's supposed to be Who? this villain. Hamilton? Yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. And he's, he's supposed to be like a villain here. So I did think it was interesting how they touched on his history with his brother, Frederick. Um, at least they, they gave a little bit to this villain. You know, outside of that, there was no characterization other than just typical villain. So I honestly, I sort of appreciated that part, that part of the story. But they keep coming back to Jack's opium addiction. I'm like, how does, <laughs> I'm like, how does this serve the story? What what is is are we supposed to feel for Jack because he's got like you know um, like a vice or something that he's sort of suffering with, and he's a but he's also a hero, but not really because he serves Apocalypse. Like I don't know, but but as a as they cut from. You know, this backstory of Hamilton and Frederick to Jack shaking due to withdrawal from opium. I'm like, no, take those panels out. Give me more Frederick. <laughs> Give me more Frederick. I wish he had a bigger role here. I wish there was more backstory with him and his brother here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it there was been more of that. It was pointless, I think, to just include this for no reason. Um, you know, there was no point to the story, but also then I think about, you know, when people say like, you know, there doesn't need to be a reason for a character to be, you know, whatever race or gender or sexuality or whatever, because there's no reason for people to be that way in real life. I'm like thinking like, is this kind of the same thing? I don't really know how to feel about that. I get you. And that's a really good point. And I feel like if it were a different writer, uh, I would say sure. But I feel like this was Thierry's way of being like, no, look, there really are in the late 1800s because there were Chinese opium dens then. And so I'm going to include one. I figured maybe it was just a way for Thierry to be like, look at how gritty this is. Everything is so gritty. We have this guy on opium. We have this you know, a lady whose head got ripped off and she was still moving. Isn't that cool, guys? Yeah. I yeah, love edgy. testosterone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, edgy. Don't cut yourself with all that edge. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but anyway, so they're, they're sort of holed up in this, in this farmhouse. Uh, and that's what they're preparing for at the beginning of the issue, rubbing the garlic on everything. Uh, so obviously the vampires come, they find apocalypse and there's this big brawl. And again, it's great. The art is great. I love the team up, you know, these, these guys fighting together. But uh, again, we run into another problem because the vampires uh, didn't consider sunrise. What? The sun sets. I'm calling bullshit on that. It will also rise again, and they just forget that the sun's coming up and are caught off guard by the sun rising. And so they all just sort of, you know, poof. I feel like that happens in, like, every vampire show, movie, whatever, everything. It's always like, oh, no, the sun. <laughs> and then the people are saying it's because of the sun and not anything that they did on their own. I really hate vampires. Do you really? Yeah, I guess this was kind of like back in, you know, the glory days of vampires. Oh, before Twilight? No, this was uh, after Twilight, I think. 2006 is when I was in, I graduated middle school. Twilight came out in 2005, the book. And then New Moon okay. came out in 2006 and Eclipse came out in 2000. Wow, I didn't realize they were literally like one year after another. 
She yeah. was clearly not taking time to write because, well, obviously she wasn't. Let me see so, when the movie came out. I'm just saying that, like, you know, that's when it sort of went mainstream, I want to say. 2008, yeah. I was yeah. in high school. I read the books when I was in middle school, and then the movie came out when I was in high school. And by the time the movie came out, I was, you know, way too old for that nonsense two years after I read the books. Uh, to I was like, you know, metalhead at that point, and I was like, I can't watch this. This is fucking, you know, for posers or whatever. So no, I get you. I get you. I understand that. I feel like I've seen so many vampire things or read so many vampire things because, like, they're so, uh, what's the word? Just like go to for uh, like some of the genres that I was into, like uh, fantasy romance books. A lot of them were vampires. There was the whole, like, explosion of vampire books when um, Twilight, the book, came out. Sure, And for yeah. years following. Some, like, horror anime, too. A bunch of them are, like, vampire-themed. We tried watching Helsing. Jonathan didn't like it. I tried watching it before once, and I didn't get into it either. Yeah. So even, like, re-watching the first episode, I was like, I'm not into this. I don't know why yeah. it's so popular. No, I, I mean, like, honestly, I don't... I, I I didn't pay any attention to, to Twilight or whatever, so it wasn't like it wasn't like vampires were overdone. Well, you were like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but what I'm what I'm saying is, is like, you know, there's there's like an oversaturation of certain yeah. things. Yeah. Uh like like, you know, the walking dead and zombies and that kind of thing. See, but I like, don't feel like that with zombies. <laughs> but no, but what I'm getting at is like if you don't really pay attention, it's not oh. gonna be it's not gonna be as like oversaturated yeah like i think of like you know teenagers who were like all about twilight and i think about their parents right who are like oh my god i'm so i can't deal with vampires there's just too much vampires now but for like me who didn't pay too much attention i don't i don't really i don't really care i'm not sick of vampires you know because i feel like if there's like a good story behind it then it it is what it is no good for you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm 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 cool. I'm cool like that. I'm low key. But uh it just seems like a, a theme for me with this book. There's like these cool moments and these cool things that happen and then it runs into like this big brick wall that's like, "Oh, that was dumb. Oh, why did he decide to do that?" Oh. <laughs> and so that's what happened here. You know, like the preparing for the fight, the fight itself, and then whoopsie, we forgot about sunrise. But apparently, all right, so all the vampires turn into dust, sunrise, fine. But whoops, Apocalypse was bitten by a bat during the battle. I bet it was a perfectly normal bat. No, it was Dracula. What? <laughs> was it Was it in a Deadpool comic that he called all of the vampires Draculas? Yes, it was Deadpool, because of course it was Deadpool. <laughs> he calls them all Draculas. They're not vampires, they're all Draculas. Yeah, and they yeah. get really upset about that. Yeah, okay. I kept thinking about that this whole time. Great. <laughs> I was like, what was that from? That was funny. I tried forgetting about that this whole time because I did think about that. I'm like, man, I hope when we're recording, I don't call them Draculas because that's the thing <laughs> that fucking Deadpool does. So anyway, so uh, Apocalypse wants to go to Transylvania to fight Dracula. So so yeah. And throughout this issue, we I don't even know if we saw Dracula in issue three. You know, for, like, the big bad who's, like, about the revenge, he has barely showed up at all. He was at the beginning of issue one, and he was at the end of issue two, uh, and apparently... He was a bat. <laughs> we were told that he was a bat and he'd bit Apocalypse. But then he's in issue four. It opens up, you know, in Dracula's castle. He's chilling with Hamilton. Uh, they're biting people. You know, Dracula is apparently annoyed that Apocalypse is still alive. And I'm like, well, bro, you made yourself a little bat and you flew up and you bit his neck and then you ran away. So, like, why are you talking shit? But Hamilton's mom is there and gives him shit about it. And I'm like, go, Mama Hamilton. She's like, you should have done it yourself then. And then Hamilton kills her. Oops. And again, women were not treated nicely at all in in this this miniseries. There were, like, no women. And a, the couple of them that were given anything were killed. Oops. But, yeah. But then Frederick teleports everyone to Transylvania, and a bunch of angry villagers come after them. And so this was great. Um, Apocalypse sucks in the bullets that they're shooting at him, and then he spits them back. And so that was neat. That's like some fucking Looney Tunes shit. 
What I'm saying is Apocalypse <laughs> knows how to take a shot in the mouth, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's a spitter. <laughs> but then Dracula actually shows up, but he doesn't do any of the fighting initially himself. He sends rats, bats, and wolves after the oh, team. Oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, that's how the saying goes. And then he teleports and runs away back to his castle. And so so the team shows up at the castle, and Apocalypse summons the Riders of the Dark uh, to f- help him fight his way into the castle. And again, I thought the art was awesome. Uh, around the castle, it was like really dark. Seeing all these he, these riders uh, help Apocalypse fight these fucking like zombies and shit. It, it was really cool. And then... Uh, the the team, Helsing and uh, Starsmore and Frederick, they separately get inside of the castle, and Hamilton attacks them, and this was awesome. Frederick teleports Hamilton's head off. Yeah, that was awesome. He took his face off. off. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That's one of my favorite moments out of all of this. I thought this that is was the, so This is my favorite moment out of all of this. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. So fucking Dracula and Apocalypse face off. And the thing is, is like Apocalypse hasn't turned into a vampire, at least yet. But because Dracula bit him, he now has some control over Apocalypse. So when Apocalypse like runs up to Dracula and is about to start fighting him... Dracula exerts some mental control and makes, like, Apocalypse kneel. But then Van Helsing runs in, hits Dracula with holy water, and Apocalypse stabs him through the heart and chops off his fucking head. And that was amazing. I loved it. It was very quick. You know, again, Dracula, like, wasn't too present in this story uh, that had his name in the title. (laughs) His presence was felt because vampires were there and they were under his control. But like Dracula didn't get very much of a spotlight in this story. It was honestly, it was a lot more about apocalypse than than anything else. Uh, it was still neat, you know. But I'm I'm just saying, Dracula's name was in the title. Yep. But and so it ends with uh, so Jack is saying that he's gonna get clean. Uh, Van Helsing said he's gonna go off to Canada to fight like this great white beast. Or something. And so, like, that's supposed to be the Wendigo. And uh, Jack makes a joke about how he can't imagine any of his family ever traveling to the New World. Ha ha, Chamber, traveled to the United States, and joined Generation X. Uh, so, but then there's Frederick. And and we, 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 like, the very end of this, Frederick is laying in bed. And uh, there's a woman there talking to Ozymandias. And, uh... Ozymandias is getting Frederick laid. He's uh he's, he's getting Frederick Slade laid by this woman. And so and so here it is, Patty. Ozymandias calls her Miss Ferguson. Oh, I see. So I mean, all in all, this miniseries was was a little silly. It def again, it definitely had its cool moments. It had its some strong moments too. Um, I really liked the art and I loved it when there was um, fight scenes. I loved how Apocalypse looked. It was cool that there was a focus on Apocalypse in the Clan Akaba, but again, this this simple story of revenge from Dracula, considering he was absent for most of this miniseries, wasn't enough. You know, like they could have done more. Uh, more of Dracula controlling Apocalypse, maybe in the final issue, maybe Hamilton was more of a threat and more present throughout the miniseries rather than just these random vampires who forgot that the sun rises, you know? <laughs> but, you know, if this was fun, it wasn't bad, you know, it was just ridiculous. And so it was, it was, you know, a sort of like a fun sort of read. Did we do we really need Chamber and Blink to be related to Apocalypse? I don't know. Probably um, not. But Jack and Frederick were neat. You know, honestly, like I know that there's people who think that it's stupid, but I kind of thought that this dude just breathing fire on vampires and this other dude with pink hair teleporting, I thought they were neat. I really did. So, I don't know. One one unfortunate complaint that i do have though especially after praising the art is that i do wish that 
it was done in a different style. This was sort of like big muscles, strong men, and I wish it had been sort of darker. Uh, I wish it had been spookier and more stylized. Like, it doesn't have to be like Sienkiewicz, and it doesn't have to be like Clayton Crane, but there's this artist, J.H. Williams III, who's done some stuff for DC, and I loved when he was doing um, Detective Comics, Batwoman, and like that would like a darker tone is really what I'm getting at. Um, a long way of saying I wish it had been a darker tone. Yeah, I mean, I really like the art too. Um, I feel like I don't know, maybe if the art was darker, it would have just felt too like pretentious, angsty, gritty nonsense. I don't know. Well, fine. Then make the fucking vampires glittery, Patty. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts on on, on this altogether? Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it took me so long to read this because just I wasn't into it. I feel like I didn't have the attention span to read this. I don't know. I I didn't really care about the whole apocalypse versus Dracula thing. And then Dracula just never showed up anyway. So... They're just reading about all these randos, and I was like, all right, whatever. Well, I mean, like, what did you think about, you know, Stars Moore and Helsing being there? Yeah, I guess the Stars Moore guy was pretty cool. I liked his power. I don't know if we needed to have these two random characters related to Apocalypse. Um, and, like, the fact that they're all born with a tattoo, I feel like, is just, like, a JoJo thing. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at Mutant Musings. Did you enjoy Apocalypse vs. Dracula? Do you think it's interesting that Chamber and Blink are related to Apocalypse? Join us in two weeks for another new spooky episode, and until then... Apocalypse was right. <laughs>